Rose arrives one night in January, when the barometer is dipping and there is not a breath of air in the wide empty streets. The palm trees along the main drag hang their despondent heads and women fan themselves in open doorways hoping for something, some little breeze. Old ladies watch the evening news, take hankies from their bra straps and wipe their top lips. In public bars, the sweat drips from chins. And already in countless darkened bedrooms, on beds beneath ceiling fans that thump and whir, girls lie, dreaming of dresses. The rain comes in sudden, exhausted sighs and spontaneous shuddering downpours but does nothing to alleviate the discomfort. They could keep driving, except there isn't enough petrol left. The service station is closed. That alone sums up the town. They turn across the train tracks where they see a sign proclaiming Paradise, just seven kilometres ahead. Paradise is a caravan park. Her father kills the engine and sits still, gripping the wheel. Rose can hear the ocean, the sudden intake of its breath, as though it has remembered something, something terrible. But finding there is nothing it can do, it breathes out again. The night is dark and starless. It's as good a place as any, he finally says. She gets out and slams the door. Toads leap before every step. The kiosk is shut too. There's a bell for after-hours arrivals, which she rings, but no one comes. When she gets back to the car, her father is still sitting at the wheel. She reaches in and takes the keys from the ignition. He doesn't flinch. Typical. She knows exactly what will happen next. He will stay there all night thinking. He'll try to solve the problem as though it is a huge and complicated theorem. But in the morning he'll realise it is all very simple. He'll stumble from the car and into the caravan, pulling the little curtain around his bed, and his shaking will begin. I'm going to bed, Dad, she says. Okay he says, staring out at the dark. She can't attach the power until the kiosk is open, so she moves through the dark in the caravan until she reaches her own small bed. She opens the drawer beside her pillow, feels for her brush, undoes her hair. She brushes it out, 71 strokes, and ties it in a braid. She remembers her mother doing exactly the same thing. The memory is hazy, golden, like an overexposed photo. She presses both her eyes until the image burns and is replaced by tears. Stupid. It's stupid to cry. Stupid, she says aloud. It's raining lightly. It patters softly on the caravan roof. When she was small, her father said that was God drumming his fingertips. She can hear the sea very clearly its sharp breaths and exhalations, the whole night around her, thinking. She lies down, presses her eyes again. If she had a light, she'd write something in the little green notebook she keeps. The words would be clumsy as bricks. She knows it, and later she'd tear out the paper, ashamed. In the book, she keeps a column of words she hates. First is the word grief. She hates the sound of it. It reminds her of a small wound half-healed. The word doesn't encompass at all the emotion, 
which has no edges. It rises, a giant cumulus cloud. It surrounds her, dark and magical. At night, when she presses her eyes, she feels she could quite easily levitate, held up by that cloud, float out the little window above her bed. It would take her over the town, the truck stop, the highway, the cane fields, the paddocks, the bush. That is how she would like to describe grief. She wishes there were a word as powerful as all that. She goes nowhere, stays pressing her eyes. She listens to the rain until she falls asleep.